Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. What should I call this happy madness that I feel inside of me? Some kind of wild October gladness that I never thought I'd see. What has become... No, Frank, no! Happy madness has not happened in October. Happy madness happens in March. It's March Madness, and yes, it's time for our annual March Madness show. Very, very heavy on the madness, kind of light on the basketball sometimes, but we do our best. We do our best to figure things out for you uh, and joining us. Well, actually, before I introduce uh, the panel, uh, the guests, whatever they are, uh, a couple of big updates. This year is the first year, I think, that uh, in the field of 64 or 68 or whatever uh, for the men's bracket in March Madness, there are several um, entries that are not colleges or universities. One of them would be Drake. I don't know if he's got like Lupe Fiasco and Jay Z and a couple of other guys in their play. I just I don't even like Drake. I'm rooting against Drake. He screws up our song of the summer show just about every year. Uh, and the other one is Grand Canyon. I, I don't think that's fair to have a major geological feature play just a normal basketball team. That's not fair either. Actually, the Grand Canyon thing. This is kind of an interesting little story. This is the kind of story we like on this show. They're playing in Denver. And they showed up in Denver and it turned out that none of their athletic gear had been loaded onto the plane. No shorts, no socks, no T-shirts, no sweatbands, none of the gear. Probably there's no basketballs. <laughs> All the stuff for the band and the cheerleaders made it, uh, but the team didn't have anything to play in. Uh, so it turns out uh, that, A, the coach's brother— it's the Drew brothers, I think. Uh, the, the coach's brother is the coach of Baylor. He's there. He's lending them some Baylor uniforms to practice. Everybody's lending them stuff. They went to a Nike store, all that kind of stuff. And, and at the last minute, and this is a beautiful thing, and I think it's going to touch one of our panelists, Bill Curry, quite a bit. Uh, Bill Walton uh, FedEx one of his used sweatbands to the team. So some lucky kid's going to get to wear that. All right. So now I've sort of tipped my hand a little bit on who is on our panel this year and every year, Bill Curry is playing the role of Bill Curry. Uh, he's uh, been on all of our uh, shows. We'll tell you how many of those shows there have been in just a second. Uh, Julia Pistel is also a founding mem- member of CT Improv and a founding member of the Colin McEnroe Show March Madness team. And a contrib- <laughs> she's a contributing a producer on this show and a number of other things as well. And then having one heck of an exciting week, uh, Frankie Graziano, or as we know him, Matthew Frankie is now the host of The Wheelhouse on Connecticut Public. Uh, and The Wheelhouse is returning to our airwaves next Wednesday, March 22nd at 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. But uh, in his capacity also as AccuFrankie, he uh, always lends his talents and his insight uh, to our annual March Madness show. And uh, a little bit little later on, we're, uh, our regular feature is 
we don't call it an obscure college. It's more of a college we just don't know anything about, and that's a big difference. Uh, but the College of Charleston is in the draw this year, and the president, Andrew Hsu, uh, has agreed to come on with us. Uh, so we'll be finding out a lot about the College of Charleston. Uh, all right. So, uh, Frankie, maybe you could get us started here. I mean, as you sort of look at the entire scene here, the entire draw, uh, the fields, the men's field, the women's field, are there a couple of sort of major subplots or stories that leap out at you? I mean, I've been paying attention, a lot of attention on what's happening locally, but it's interesting that the UConn men are kind of like a, a, a favorite nationally. I didn't, I didn't see them as that. I know early on they won a lot of huge games, a lot of massive games, blew a lot of big teams uh, out, and uh, certainly they can go far in the tournament, but they just haven't played well in competitive ball in their conference. And obviously the UConn women, the injuries are, are a big storyline. Very funny, that Grand Canyon anecdote you talked about. You wonder whether or not they'll actually have outfits for, for the team but uh, and whether or not they'll be able well, they're, to. They're practicing in some place called Regis College. I guess Regis College also is lending them at least T-shirts and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll look fine. They'll look fine. Yeah, you have obscure universities that you, you in, interview, and then there's u- obscure places where people play. But uh, nonetheless, it's... Uh, it's it's funny. You seem to be a good luck charm for some of these schools. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we we will get to that as we go along. Won't here. spoil that, right? But. So I, you know, I want to. Uh, first of all, the thing everybody's waiting for is the unveiling of Julia Pastel's annual method for picking winners uh, in March Madness. It's a different one every year. Uh, we've been doing, are we saying 13 years that we've done this? Is that what we're saying? Uh, it's a different one every year. We just make it, made up a number. Um, so it's actually, we've been doing this for 43 years. Uh, so that the <laughs> unveiling is, is yet to come. Um, but uh, let's bring uh, also Bill Curry into this. One thing I'd like to t- talk to both of you guys about just for a second here, because I don't know, maybe I'm just old-fashioned or something. It's estimated that one in four American adults will bet on the March Madness uh, tournament this year. Uh, together, the 68 million bettors will wager about $15.5 billion through this tournament. And, you know, Frankie, I understand people have always bet on sports and people have always had office pools and stuff. But I I just think this there's a pollution that's happening here, and particularly all the little prop bets, you know, and parley bets and stuff like that. They're not even on the outcomes of the games. They're just about other side issues and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like there's there's something that is tainting the whole process, but I'm an old fogey. Yeah, and leave it to your sports betting guy to not be able to, I guess, stay away from this sometimes, <laughs> because when you say Grand Canyon University, I know a little bit about Grand Canyon University <laughs> because— Because they cost you $17 million last Last year and no, 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 no. I may have recently went to Las Vegas and may have recently <laughs> placed something on Grand Canyon. And my friends looked at me and they said, "How do you know about Grand Canyon?" And uh, I don't know. But nonetheless, the important thing to mention here is that there is this great pollution that you have. You can't stay away from it. There's sports betting lines everywhere when you watch a game, whatever. Uh, I, I think it's good to give out the problem help uh, line number, particularly. Uh, here in Connecticut, which is 888-789-7777. And Colin, wouldn't you know, people in Massachusetts can bet now on sports. Matthew Frankie. And, and they probably <laughs> will. And so, Bill Curry, yeah, I don't know. In, in a way, I feel like we, we missed a chance, Bill. I mean, if they'd had prop bets back in the day, we could have bet, like, on how many times Jerry Tarkadian would bite his towel or something. But... I overall, I don't know. I just feel like ugh, there's something sort of oily and grimy about this. But tell me, I'm wrong as usual. First of all, first of all, if Jerry Tarkanian were coaching now, 
they probably would have that bet. I mean, they bet on every single possible thing that could go on inside that arena over the course of a game. I think it's part of it. I don't want to get too nerdy here. I'll keep this to a couple sentences. Uh, but I think this is sort of like casinoization of, uh, of basketball, along with our whole sort of casino culture. And, uh, you know, everything's about, you know, who's making the big money. And, uh, uh, and you can see it even in the way that the, uh, that, that, that the game is played. Uh, you know, the old, there's no I in team. There are a handful of teams that still play that way. They're usually the little schools that come in on a miracle that we interview on this show. Uh, but other than that, it's always, uh, you know, draft the best athlete, the biggest star, put the five best, you know, biggest stars you can. Uh, I think of it as the Carmelo Anthonyization of 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 all basketball uh carmelo being something they call ball dominant the players that have to have the ball the big celebrity player you give the ball to when we were young the word was ball hog okay <laughs> we used to think of it differently and uh and uh and and all of that's changed it's Actually, just you know, my, it's just one one group of celebrities replacing the next my urologist in, in rapid order my urologist told me i was ball submissive so uh <laughs> So I Why th- were you talking to him about that? Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's time. It's actually an AI. It's a, it. Um, so um, I think it is time to unveil the Pistel method this year. We're all dying to know. Uh, I, I think I have somewhere in my copious notes here that are uh, on this iPad all the methods that you have used in the past, uh, and they have included things like fight songs. And I think famous actors or something who I don't know. You probably remember them better than we do. Uh, here, I got I've got the list here. Yes. Yes. It's, it's fight songs, ghosts, rhymes, local attractions, famous alumni, weird facts, state mottos, foods. We had, did have a year where all everybody in the bracket was a bird. That was a different thing. <laughs> uh, anagrams. You did anagrams one year. All right. So what are you doing this year? Okay. Well, I am so excited to be back because. As I mentioned to you guys, this is my 13th time doing this. So I realized that it is, of course, time to do superstitions um, and traditions. This it was so fun to do, you guys. And I already know that Bill's going to have something to say. <laughs> but I Googled. Basically, this is the annual anniversary of me messing up my Google al- algorithm so bad. Uh, I Googled. <laughs> The superstitions of players, fans, coaches. In some cases, there was very little to find. So I even found things of other sports at the same college. (laughs) (laughs) But I went wild. And wow, I learned a lot about how crazy people are. Right. Um, Nobody has ever complained that you didn't stay inside the guardrails. You know, I mean, I think it's kind of understood. You're you're going to veer around the track a little bit. I have to say, this is by far the most unhinged I've ever been because it's already made up stuff. I don't believe in any of it. And then I had to make up stuff about making up stuff. So please, no one believe anything I say. I mean, this is all stuff I found deep on fan sports sites on the Internet, which is probably the most unreliable journalism there could possibly be. And please don't place any bets whatsoever. Frankie can give out that hotline number again, (laughs) and they'll tell you, don't do anything that Julia tells you to do. I may have to put my phone away during this segment. (laughs) (laughs) So give us an example. Give us a sample of maybe two teams that are playing each other and and, uh, how the superstition thing works. Sure, sure. Okay, let's see. Um, 
You always ask me this, and I'm never prepared with my. <laughs> There's 68 teams. How hard can this be? <laughs> hey, that makes it really. Do you understand how long? It, this is the most work I do the entire year. Okay, let's see. Um, I want to know how much, how much Adderall you go through just trying to get this thing done. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, here we go. It's some of my favorites. I've got. Well, let's just start right up here with uh, Auburn. This They make it very far in my bracket because their team tradition and superstition is to eat hibachi the night before the game. <laughs> I think that is delicious, and therefore they win for me over Iowa. Now, however, when you're talking about good luck charms, there's a lot of bad luck in here, too. So. Do, do we know what Iowa's superstition was that lost? Uh, well, here's the thing. They are subject to the Sports Illustrated jinx. Oh, uh, in yeah. 2015, their football team was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which I guess everyone knows is the worst thing that can possibly happen to a school. So they lose over Hibachi. That is a very simple, a simple matchup. So this is the kind of complex mathematical analysis I've been doing yeah, this in is, my free time. This is a real quant kind of thing we're hearing here. Okay, give us one more example, and then uh, Frankie and uh, and Bill will comment on this. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, there was <laughs> this one made me laugh because a lot of coaches and players, they are kind of they don't really love this question, which every rookie college journalist asks their sports team. So I did have a really funny matchup, which is in Virginia, a player just said they read the Bible and for good luck. And then at Furman, the coach recommends watching your diet and your general health so that matchup ended being the bible versus diet and health as a superstition and i had to give it to diet and health um you gave, you gave it to F, wait a minute. you gave it to fu yes from, i did from the university okay just checking uh, <laughs> all right so um guess go ahead bill i know you're bursting with uh, things you no, want i to just say. i i love that what julia gets out of this process is how crazy everyone else is <laughs> you know yeah. i just uh you know I, I really appreciate that and uh and i think you're really onto something here as an irish person myself uh, i believe in almost all these uh, jinxes superstitions mythologies i think they run uh, i think they're a lot more dependable than your average uh, random sample public opinion poll right actually mm -hmm. so I, I i i i i take it at face value Frankie's in the studio next to mine, and it is piled with the Catholic relics and medals of saints and stuff like that, too. So, yeah. uh, Who wants the family yeah. and Bible? Bill, <laughs> I, Bill I, didn't I, even know that this was my method, but he's already told me a superstition he has uh, coming up. You want to reveal your secrets, Bill? I have no idea. Are you about, we talk about Iona? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think Iona's really... Uh, I mean, first of all, Iona is is coached by uh, an actual direct descendant of Satan, uh, Rick Pitino. <laughs> and so and so what they have going against us is black magic, you know, and I know basketball. I don't know black magic. So a lot unlike a lot of my fellow Husky fans, I'm a little nervous about what could happen here. Rick I also Pitino appreciate the fact that they're, they're the though. Gales. Okay. The, the Hold on, Bill, 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 Bill. Frank, he's yeah. trying to chime in here. He he says he was extorted, though. Come on. Oh, Rick Pitino. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, you, Frank. Oh, Frank, he's <laughs> actually covered this he's stuff. Right. He was extorted <laughs> by Satan, though. That was the problem. I think that's where they're yeah. in an Italian restaurant. Yeah. 
So Iona, with its tremendous fouls to consonant ratio, three to one, uh, I think is probably the strongest in America. I think like in Wales, where they use a lot of Ys, you know, maybe not, maybe maybe they have more. So um, so we should actually talk about, just for a little moment, oh, did you want to say more about, about uh, Iona? I assume we're kind of heading for Macbeth here, and that's the superstition, right? Well, that is the superstition, and then, and they are their sister school is the island of Iona, where the the burial place of the Scottish kings, including the actual Macbeth. And I think you've got to put that on their side. I thought that when I saw the Iona Gales, I thought you know that they were named after our friend Gail Collins, you know, for their humor and <laughs> pluck and political analysis. But it's not. It's no, because they're named uh, after Gail King actually. heritage, and I think they've got that going for them. They got what have they got? The most famous superstition of all, the luck of the Irish. There you go. Is this a superstition? The I'm sure you guys know this, but the College of Charleston kid that's played for like seven years. He has, yeah, he's played for. He, right, he's that, been in college for seven. Did years. Did you get that out of your system before the the president of the college comes on the show? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially after I kind of doubted St. Peter's last year. I'm going to hide for this one. But hey. Uh, he wears like white monarchs everywhere, and and ESPN says their official shoe, dad shoe, like they're like a dad shoe. So guess is what? That I counted that. I counted that as my wow. superstition. Okay. Oh really? <laughs> yes. You actually incorporated yes. that. So, and now did I steal it from you, Julie? Well, no. I, no. When the president of the university comes on, we'll have to discuss this with him, and I'm sure he'll be so no, pleased. He'll be delighted. Yeah, he'll be Dalton so Belong. <laughs> Um, all right, so um, we should probably say one or two substantive things about basketball here, uh, but only one or two. Um, so, Frankie, actually, one thing that you brought up is there are some entrants in this field that are really kind of hard to root for, given some of their off-court backstories. You might want to mention a little bit about that. Well, I mean, Bill hit on it earlier, where essentially I think what you're saying is that it's all about money in college sports, and that's why everybody's okay with, and in every sport, but that's why everybody's okay with sports betting. But to me, I have always thought that the coaches were all about money and that they were kind of evil. So I always watch out to see how they treat their kids. And I don't know, this is serious, so I want to I I backpedal a little bit. But what's happening in Alabama is kind of weird to me. Uh, there was somebody that was killed. There was a woman that was killed in Alabama, 23-year-old uh, Jamea Harris. And there was two basketball stars from the team. One of them has been kicked off the team. That's Darius Miles. And then there's another guy who's like their best player, Brandon Miller, who hasn't been arrested, but like he, he, and he, and he doesn't face any charges or anything like that. But police say that he passed a gun onto miles who passed it on to a killer. That's what police say. So there's been a lot of scrutiny for this kid and his basketball coach has gotten upset at the media about questions that they've asked. So I'm just saying like, why don't you just keep this kid away from the court? Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. And then just really quickly, cause but I don't want to take but, too much but, of your but time. They're, but they're not doing that. They're not doing that. And he's got an armed security guard with him, according to sports illustrated at these games. How about that? That's a lot for a 20 year old kid. But anyway, and then uh, I've never been the biggest fan of uh, Kim Mulkey, or, or at least recently on the women's side here. Louisiana State, they don't play anybody good. They're like 86th in the country in RPI. And uh, really upsetting that um, she never really said anything about Brittany Griner. So if you're looking for somebody to root against, what about Kim Mulkey, who's only said before Griner was released, and you won't in response to a question of somebody saying, why haven't you said anything, or why haven't we heard And she, she had been Griner's coach, just to be clear about that. Brittany Griner's coach at Baylor. They won a national championship together. Baylor's been all over trying to support BG, as has all of the a lot of players in the WNBA. Look, you don't have to, but kind of weird when your coach 
is one of the ones mum on it. Absolutely. We should probably grab a break here because I believe President Shu is uh, ready to talk to us. Uh, Frankie, I think you have to go off and cover you, real <laughs> I think you have to go off and cover real news. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the Wheelhouse gig. Uh, Bill and Julia are with us the whole way. Uh, we'll end the show with some of Julia's Final Four uh, predictions and Bill's canny analysis. But right, right now we're going to take a break and then we're going to get to know the College of Charleston. Then one day his mama brought him a basketball. And I love that basketball. I took that basketball everywhere I went. You know what? That basketball was like a basketball to me. Come on, you cheerleader. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the Go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. That's the uh, fight song sung by just a, an assortment of students, faculty, and lots of other people. Uh, the, the fight song of the College of Charleston, the, the Cougars, or the Cougs, as they are often called, just the same way that Grand Canyon antelopes are called the Lopes. So last year, right around this time, on March 17th, we talked to the president of St. Peter's University. And that night, uh, their Peacocks, uh, was, they were a 15th seed. They won their opening round game. Then you remember what happened. Uh, they made it to the Sweet 16. And then you know they became the first 15th seed ever to advance to the Elite Eight. And then they, their run finally ended 10 days later in the regional final uh, where they lost to the eventual national runners-up. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're the, you know, uh, the president of a college who's, you know, who maybe is not known as a huge basketball power, the smart thing to do is talk to us. 
Fortunately, Andrew Shu is a rocket scientist and the president of the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and uh, he joins us now. Let me greet him in Latin. Sapienta ipsa libertas, edis mores juraque curat. That means wisdom itself is liberty. She cares for her temples, customs, and rights. Welcome to our show, President Shu. Colin, thank you so much for having me with you today. So, uh, first, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, uh, uh, hello, Connecticut. I want to just say hello to the uh, parents of our students. We certainly have many students uh, from Connecticut. So the College of Charleston is uh, the oldest municipal college in the country. It's also the only college named after a dance, which is very helpful in what is known as the big dance, obviously. So I don't know. What's the mood like on campus right now? You have a game later today uh, against, I think, San Diego State. Uh, what's, what's it like on campus? Are people excited? Well, it's jubilant, uh, Colin. Everyone is so excited about us coming back to the big dance. Uh, of course, uh, as you probably know, the last time we were there uh, was uh, five years ago in 2018. Right. Uh, I said at the beginning, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, but you are one. That is correct, right? Your background is uh, in something along those lines in aerospace engineering? Right. I, I normally introduce myself as an aerospace engineer, but I'll take rocket science uh, scientist any day. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's uh, uh, it sounds cooler, actually. Um, so um, also, you know, when these when we do these things, we, do, we like to get to know a little bit more about the college besides just its basketball program. So tell us a little bit more about your academic vision for uh, College of Charleston. So uh, certainly, you know, the College of Charleston, uh, of course, in the past is primarily known for its 253-year history and, and its academic excellence. And, and now uh, we're, uh, we want to, uh, it to be known uh, for our innovative uh, programs in the liberal arts, uh, not only in the liberal arts, but also in engineering and health sciences, and we want to be one of the best national universities in the country in, in all these areas. So um, I'm going to uh, bring in our, our other two panelists. Uh, and as you know, uh, you, you perhaps actually don't know, uh, Julia Pastel, one of our basketball analysts, she tries to figure out the uh, field of 64 every year based on some slightly insane uh, gimmick she's come up with. Gimmick is probably a belittling term. I shouldn't put it that way. Uh, so... Um, and, and then we have Bill Curry. Uh, Bill is going to be somewhat upset, uh, Mr. President, to uh, find out that although you have a beautiful college catalog with just an elaborate array of courses and lots uh, and lots of choices within, within just about every department, many there's a, a listing for Irish and Irish-American studies, and there's two courses, two courses in the entire thing, Introduction to <laughs> Irish and American Studies and the other course. That's what the other one's called. Um, so we feel like maybe you, you might need to expand in the Celtic area. Are you open to that? Oh, sure. It, you know, in fact, we just uh, had a visit from the uh, Dublin City University's president uh, last uh, week. And, and, and I think with that collaboration, we certainly will offer a lot more. All right. Excellent. So, yeah, promises, promises. We'll be back in touch with you about that. Right, Bill? <laughs> you bet. I mean, Yates, James Joyce, Seamus Haney, Samuel Beckett, we should be worth more than two courses. So um, now the other thing you need to know, President Hsu, is that um, Julia this year is using a superstition-driven model for trying to figure out who is going to win which game. So Julia, tell us how you're approaching uh, this game between the College of Charleston and San Diego State. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, first of all, I am so excited because, uh, well, I'd be curious to know if you have any superstitions um, or little rituals that you do. And if not, you should get some because they seem like a lot of fun. Um, in fact, I couldn't find much. So I basically, I, I have dubbed the superstition now has to be Dalton Bolton's dad shoes. They are the talk of the town. Uh, they're dorky white shoes. It's basically embracing being a dork. Um, and that's your good luck charm this year. It's gotten you this far. So I'm hoping that it'll take you guys all the way. Do we know anything oh, about that? That has my last name written all over. It. <laughs> <laughs> He's very quick on the draw, this president. So do we know anything about San Diego State, Julia? Yeah, absolutely. So their student section is called The Show, and they intimidate people with large cardboard heads of random celebrities, <laughs> um, which other colleges have picked up. It seems like but they seem like the most extreme. Um, so that's really, really fun. But as we all know, dads and nerds don't care about random celebrities, so they won't be intimidated by the show at all. So I had to give it to the dad shoes. You guys are going to win. So, President Shu, we should say that uh, the Cougars enter the NCAA tournament uh, with uh, they are tied for the nation's best record at 31 and three. So what's making your program so great right now? Well, it, it is our coach. Absolutely our coach, because, uh, you know, Coach Pat Kelsey is just a different breed of uh, basketball coaches and he has not only rallied the uh, rallied the players and the coaching staff around him, but uh, the um, uh, the entire campus and the entire Charleston community is is just rallying uh, around him, and, and the entire community is so excited uh, about our basketball program at this point. So we uh, today, for example, I'm in Orlando, uh, and of course I'm going to the game right after this. And we have so many just Charlestonians uh, had no relationship with the college whatsoever, uh, other than being a citizen of Charleston here with us. And we're going to have a much bigger uh, fan base than San Diego State for sure. So hopefully our noise is going to be uh, much louder. Take that, the show. Go, ahead, Bill, did you have something? Well, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know much about the college uh, until a number of years back. A younger cousin of mine went there and had a terrific experience. And uh, and I learned a little bit more about it and was very impressed. Um, and uh, in, in, in all the things we read about the challenges facing smaller liberal arts colleges today, I wonder what the connection is between success in a venue like the Big Dance and 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 the challenges that you're facing in your job. Uh, do you see tangible economic or or other uh, uh, benefits that flow out of this uh, for you? Um, uh, tell me, tell me what you see when you think about what sure. your program does for your school. Sure, that that's a great question. But but let me first correct you on, on one little thing. Uh, even though our our uh, college was at one point a small, very small liberal arts college, but we're now a public institution with yes. 11,000 students and, and all the programs you can possibly want. So, uh, but certainly uh, the basketball program has a lot of synergy with the academic programs, right? So uh, clearly uh, with our basketball program in the top 25 last month, um, we certainly attracted a lot of uh, 
national attention. You know, our applications went up at to twenty six thousand applications that for this coming fall, and our yield is is also. Uh, so much more than last year. The quality of the students coming is also improving. So, it's just a win-win situation. Whenever you have a basketball program that is um, getting national attention, then、uh, you just simply get more and better students wanting to come here. Well, President Xu, thank you so much. We don't want to make you late for the game. We're definitely、uh, now that you've been on our show, you're probably. Come, you'll come close to the final four. We can't guarantee you going further than that. But based on prior experience and pretty rigorous testing, we're, we're confident you're going to get、uh, through the first few rounds.、Uh, and thanks for gracing us with your presence、uh, right before this big event. Thank you so much, Colin. All right, so bye bye now. Thanks for that.、Uh, and that was our、uh, yearly、uh, acquaintance with a college we didn't know very well. You know, I, although I will say he said that they offer all these courses, but apparently not in Irish studies.、Uh, <laughs> we're still down; it's still got two courses there, no matter how big they get. Eleven thousand. I'm, I'm sure he appreciated the nudge he got here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to big things, Colin, for our people. Right. Well, I'm expecting a minimum a lectureship. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, may the road rise up to meet him. <laughs> so I thought I could at least drive down there, say, tell him a few things. All right, yeah, that'd, that'd be a hell of a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> so,、uh, so Julia, we want to give us some more superstitions.、Uh, yeah, you, you lost, you know, two or three nights of sleep、uh, doing this. So, thank you for your、uh, consideration. <laughs> we we, we, we want to make it worthwhile. Yeah, so、um, I think there's some really exciting things going on、um, with UNC Asheville and Grand Canyon. We've mentioned.、Um, I have them coming together after a couple rounds because UNC Asheville, they, they had a fan whose grandma every time that they were losing,、um, she would leave the room watching the game on TV. She would leave the room and go to her piano and play hymns until they were back on top. And I just thought that was really great. That's a that's an example of a good creative fan superstition.、Um, and then. Grand Canyon is really interesting because it doesn't seem like the basketball program has been very popular. So what they decided to do is really juice up the student section. So they basically have a full-on rave for like an hour or two before each game, and they have like choreographed dubstep. Stuff that they're doing,、uh, and so like the the student fans are so into this, and this is their like big ritual before the game. So I ask you guys in dubstep rave versus grandma hymns, who do you think should win? Well, let me go first.、Uh, I first of all think、uh, doing dubsteps at the edge of the Grand Canyon is just inviting <laughs> trouble.、Um, <laughs> I would also like to say that I've been to a lot of college basketball games. The student sections are usually pretty juiced up, but、uh, sure.、Um, so, but I like Grandma. I like Grandma playing hymns. That feels like that's got a almost powerful supernatural force、uh, that, right. that may that may overwhelm、um, the dubstep. But I'd be interested in, in Bill's thoughts about this as well. The、um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I would、uh, uh, given everything else we were saying about the commercialization of college sports and. Mythology, a、uh, the the very presence of a for-profit Christian university that stole its name from a national monument. I figure these guys have strategies we haven't even thought of. 
Yeah. Right. And so I give them, I give them a big, big edge uh, in that re- regard. Uh, but on the on the dance thing, uh, you go with the grandmas. It's always the right move. Yeah, always the right move. So I should tell you, not that this necessarily endangers your uh, your statistics yet. Julia, but at halftime in the Virginia versus Furman game, where you had uh, picked Furman, uh, Virginia is leading leading a uh, thirty-two to twenty-seven over FU. So, oh my God! Uh, well, no, they, there could be a comeback. There's plenty of room for a comeback in there, but uh, things are are a little dicey right there. So, All right. Well, can I give you another one, Colin? Absolutely. That I think you will love. Uh, okay, so Drake. I had trouble with this on a Googling level because, as we all know, Drake is both a college and a rapper. An annoying so, hip-hop star, yeah. Yes. yes. So Drake, the annoying hip-hop star, he has a whole lore attached to him. Maybe you know this. But he's a big sports fan, but if he, like, wears a shirt or mentions a sports team, they immediately lose. It's called the Drake curse. <laughs> so, I did not know this. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah, look it up. I could not, my Googling literally could not get around this. That's how powerful the Drake curse is. So although I'm sure the Drake uh, basketball team has many superstitions, uh, Drake, the pop star, has completely eclipsed them with his problems. So um, I really like that, uh, and the, so they're going to immediately lose. That's that's of course yeah. what's going to happen there. But wait a minute, Drake is going to curse Drake. Yeah, yeah he's going mean, to curse himself. Yeah, he didn't curse any of those other teams. He endorsed all of them. I mean, who's going to suffer more from the Drake curse than Drake? Exactly. Julia's got this one. Absolutely. So, yeah, it could be the other way around though. Since he endorses things and they lose, if he curses something, it might win. Uh, I'm not the expert here. You are. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. I don't think uh, Colin's following you that closely, uh, Julia. <laughs> or, or I'm but... trying to follow you too closely. That could be the other problem. Okay. Well, let me give you, unfortunately, these two aren't messed up, matched up, but let me give you a similar one. So we'll, could, we'll find out I, which one annoys bo- you more. All right. Colin. Before you, before you do, let me just say one thing about Drake, which is that yeah. every, every year we do a song of the summer show uh, with uh, commissioner Brendan Sullivan and some other panelists. And on at least two occasions, we try to predict what the song in the summer is going to be. On at least two occasions, Drake has messed us up. Like three weeks later, he had the song of the summer. So we hate Drake. Uh, and uh, we can never never love him or anything he's associated with. Anyway, continue. Well, I think that is – well, let me tell you the opposite of that. Okay, so over in Providence, um, they're going up against Kentucky, which is a very good team. But in Providence, they have kind of thrown out traditional fight songs and even like the Sweet Caroline type songs. And instead, they just all the students all sing a Taylor Swift song. You belong with me. Um, It has nothing to do with anything. But as we all know, Swifties are incredibly powerful and a force in the world. So, of course, that means they're going to they're going to make it pretty far. I had them going all the way to the Elite Eight with the power of Taylor Swift behind them. Well, um, wow. they they sing Taylor Swift songs at basketball games. Am I following this? Yes, yes. The whole student section think just sings helps. a three-minute song. <laughs> Look, she's powerful, okay? You can she question is. it, but <laughs> we have no power here. And then at halftime, they lead John Mayer in chains across the uh, basketball floor. <laughs> so, um, uh, and he's naked. Um, Bill, you actually called me from Providence yesterday. I believe that's correct. You were on the road. I think you were in Providence. I was, and uh, but I wasn't there to have anything to do with their uh, program. The college, uh, again, I as a Georgetown graduate and 
uh, upholder of uh, 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 Catholic education. Uh, I hate to say it, but Providence is a bunch of cheaters. Uh, and, uh, and so I was, I was passing through town on my way back from the Cape, but, uh, I, uh, I only stop in Providence, uh, to see my college roommate, David Heckman. And then if, if some team I like happens to be playing Providence, I will go into their, whatever it was, the Dunkin' Donuts Center or whatever it is and, and catch a game, but they're just a bunch of big cheaters. <laughs> is it really called the, no, the Dunkin' Donuts Center is here in Hartford. Uh, all right. We have to take a little oh, break. We stole that from them. Yeah, we actually stole that from them. Yeah. They're, well, they were friars. They were dipping into the Benedictine. <laughs> um, all right. We have to take a little break. We'll come back with uh, some of our final predictions and observations after this. She's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball. So how am I gonna compete with that? Cause when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I tell them scats, skittles, kebabble. Got hit with a body. All right, time to say some thank yous. The first one goes to Kat Pastor. She's our technical producer. Uh, thanks also to Jonathan McPants, who produces this episode every single year. Uh, thanks also to the amazing Frankie Graziano, Acu Frankie, who joins us for uh, once in a while, once a year, for these uh, particular basketball events. A considerable risk to his reputation as a journalist. Also, uh, panel, I, I want I, I, I thought was triggered by that whole Providence Friars uh, thing, which is that, are you aware... That this has nothing to do with basketball. It has even less to do with basketball than many of Julia's ideas. Um, <laughs> that you know, there's a liqueur called Chartreuse, and there's an international Chartreuse shortage right now because the Carthusian monks who make it, I don't know, they're just like they don't want to do it anymore or something. Uh, and so there's like Chartreuse panic out there, uh, and you could probably price gouge, you know, if you have a dusty bottle in your basement. All right, so. Um, Bill and I might just say a couple. I, I've actually tasted chartreuse. Can anyone else on the show say that? I can't say that. No. I cannot know. All right. Well, I can just say I can summarize uh, a situation the following way. It's not that big a loss. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> tell that to people who are panicking in the streets. I know. So um, so very quickly, uh, I'm sure you want to say something about the women's bracket. I just want to make the one important piece of reporting that I've done about this, about women's basketball, uh, which is that uh, the UConn women are highly reliant on a young uh, phenom named, uh, uh, named AZ Fudd. Uh, and it is likely that, uh, or it's possible, because they're in the same region, that the Yukon Huskies may be playing the Jackrabbits of um, South Dakota State University. Uh, and so you'd have FUD versus Rabbit, which is something we've been waiting for for a really long time. Yeah. Um, Although we would we would definitely lose, okay? <laughs> well, yeah. That's the, pro- the problem there is we'd have no chance whatsoever. Right. Well, it would appear that we had the upper hand for a while, you know, and then yes. the, the Rabbits would, you know. <laughs> So well armed. Yeah. Is there anything uh, serious that you would like to say about women's basketball? You usually, well, have you know, I just it's, it's in, in Connecticut. It's been it was thirty years ago, uh, uh, nearly twenty nine years ago that uh, Rebecca Lobo and the first team won a national championship, and I don't remember a day that happy in Connecticut. I mean, I just don't, I just don't remember it, and it's hard as I'm saying. Any, any, as any druggie can tell you, there's no such thing as a thirty year high. And uh, and and so I think sometimes we tend to lose appreciation for it. And of course, when you when you're just beating everybody year in and year out, there's almost a there isn't almost there is a sort of boredom factor to it. 
but they're a, they're a fabulous team. Getting FUD back actually makes them competitive to at least get into the Final Four, and who knows beyond that. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so it looks good to me, and I'm 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 going to be happily watching these games. They've done a great job. Watch out, you rabbits! Watch out! Uh, all right. So, um, when the only other serious observation that I have is that basketball players are getting bigger. They were already pretty big. Uh, Zach Eady, who's likely to be the player of the year in college basketball, is seven foot four. We, uh, he wears a size twenty shoes. He plays for Purdue. But in general, uh, on an average, basketball players are getting bigger, uh, and we think this might be. <laughs> Well, it's, it has something to do with the moving of the three-point uh, line further out. You know, to get three points for a shot, you have to shoot from further out now, which makes it more attractive it's, to lob it into the big guys. So um, It's like a mother goose rhyme. I could sleep in a shoe that big. Right, exactly. Like you could put your whole body into it. That, right. That's amazing. He he actually has has if if his equipment doesn't get shipped like happened to, to Grand Canyon, he has to steal shoes from clowns. He has no other option. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, so Julia, uh, we're getting somewhat near the end of the show. I don't know. Have you taken this all the way out? Can you give us a sense of, of what your final four is going to be? Or any, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I haven't mentioned any of them yet. Um, which is great. So, uh, first, uh, we have Louisiana is in my final four because what they apparently have now, of course, this is something all sports events have, but theirs is the best, uh, tailgating. They have the best tailgating and people ha- are very ritualistic about the good luck of tailgating in the exact same spot. So I'm a big fan of tailgating. That's the part of sports I like the most, which is not watching it and eating and hanging out with friends. So tailgating is in my final four with Louisiana. Another style of these superstitions and good luck, bad luck things is hexing opposing teams. This is a whole, this is a whole subgenre. Um, and Utah, uh, Utah State has a hex they do during the games that's very aggressive and mean where they scream winning team, losing team. And, of course, a one-person chant is so lame, but All it's right. very hold, scary. Well, hold, hold the phone here. I think we can give people a sense of what that's like, and then you can uh, continue your analysis here. This is clip yes. 01, Cat. Here we go. I feel like so, the pre- I feel like the president of Utah State needs to go over there and say, "Let me explain the concept of unison to you." All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look. Oh. Uh, it looks impressive on on YouTube, and it's scary. I mean, this is it's it's intimidating. So I took them also to the final four. Um, well, well, let's, I also, see, let's see if Bill, did you want to uh, comment on that chant at all? It just had a kind of a, a, it was like the audio version of Laney Riefenstahl. <laughs> and really, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat traumatized that I may be suing the show. Right. You've actually sort of packed some of your luggage and are getting on a steamer boat right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, Julia, continue. Yeah, sure. And then I wanted to take UConn to the Final Four just for fun, but they did have... I don't know if this is still going on, but I did read that the assistant coach started growing a beard. And while he is not superstitious, 
the head coaches. So he's making him keep the beard. And I think that's pretty funny. So <laughs> I let them go. But my my number one, and these guys are going to take it all the way. They're going to win the whole thing, is at Xavier, they have a really fun superstition where they tear up the schedule for the previous month, burn it, and then carry around the ashes of past schedules in an urn everywhere they go. So if you look closely, uh, there's going to be some freshman somebody carrying an urn around to all the Xavier games. Um, And I think that's very creepy and Again, a powerful appeal to forces greater than us. So that is my pick for this year. All right. So first of all, a few things. That's a it's an odd fusion of sort of Catholicism and, and yoga kirtans. I think that the uh, don't they do the thing where you write something down and then you burn it or something and uh, kirtans. At least the ones I've been to, the, the the yoga kirtans I've been to all been hosted by witches. So maybe the whole thing. Is yeah. Can, yeah. I, can Anything- I just say that? The fact that for 13 straight years, uh, Julia's bracket has beaten mine <laughs> is all the proof you need of the existence of a multiverse. Right. Well, right. let me tell you something, Bill. The greatest compliment I ever got was I, I, this is what it's like having dinner with me. I was with a group of friends and we were sitting around saying, what profession would you be if you lived a few hundred years ago? And someone, and we were like, oh, a tailor, uh, Stableman, and someone looked at me and said, Julia, you'd be a witch. And I am very <laughs> proud of that. And I tried to bring that sensibility to my bracketology. We're all very proud of you and also a little scared. Yeah, actually, College, college, college of Charleston does offer a witchcraft course that can get you, you know, buy a, ca- buy a cauldron in a three year uh, fast track program. So, um, so, oh, some news. Uh, Missouri is currently beating uh, Utah State. You know, Utah State is uh, 14 to 6. It's early in the game. Utah State is actually where the new Packers starting quarterback comes from. So I was kind of excited about them. But now with their scary sort of, you know, tomorrow belongs to me chant, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them. Okay, Bill, we have about 30 or 40 seconds. Have you actually picked a Final Four or a champion? Or do you have a prediction that you'd like to go down in flames with? Uh, yeah, for the first year in a number of years, I'm uh, actually uh, uh, in agreement with Barack Obama on this. Uh, I think Duke looks awfully good. And that's, you know, I haven't been able to see as much of this in the last uh, year. And But when I've seen them, boy, they've looked good. And uh, and the other is uh, Alabama. Yeah, well, we won't feel good about it, the Alabama thing, no matter what. But we do feel good about this show. We love to do it every year. We hope you enjoy listening. We can't imagine why you enjoy listening, but that's your business. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to Cat Pastor and Jonathan McPants and the wonderful Julia Pistel and Bill Curry. And we'll be back next year. Also, I'll be back tomorrow.